morning. Uh, Psalm 33 can be found on page 538 from the Pew Bible. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him on the ten-stringed lyre. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. By the word of the Lord... The heavens were made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke and he came and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. The Lord foils the plans of nations. He thwarts the purposes of the people. But the plan of the Lord stand firm forever, the purposes of his heart through all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. From heaven the Lord looks down and sees all humankind. From his dwelling place he watches all who live on earth. He who forms the hearts of all, who considers everything they do. No king is saved by the size of his army, No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love, to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. So my name is Ralph. I'm the associate vicar here, if I haven't met you before. Hello. Uh, and I'm preaching this morning on Psalm 33, um, which is in our sermon series over August of Psalms. I want to suggest to you that Psalm 33 is almost like a, an exercise, like a physical exercise uh, for your spiritual self, um, that it's actually um, something that helps us uh, in praise and uh, orientating us to see God. Um, I've had uh, a week of uh, culminating with a bit of an event. I've been training for something myself in exercising. Um, A a, a couple of days ago, I did the D-mile swim. Uh, D-mile swim is a swim from uh, uh, the Red House on on the river all the way back to the suspension bridge, which is the finish line. Um, And uh, there's about 550 people do it. But if you live within five miles of the cross, and you swim it without a uh, wetsuit, um, you get to enter the champion of the D race. Um, uh, uh, former champion was, uh, is our worship leader, Al Grubb, who's been champion for a few years. Um, so two years ago, I, I, I did it 
I ended up in an ambulance uh, because I got so cold uh, uh, and was officially last in the race, uh, the entire race, not just the champion of the D. So I've been doing some training to try and rectify that. Um, uh, I, uh, I've probably had been having cold showers for about the last three months to try and get my body used to being in cold temperatures. Um, I'm very grateful to Tracy in the pink there, who uh, is an amazing triathlete herself and does uh, swim coaching uh, in Ellesmere Port, if you're free on a Thursday night, 8 o'clock in Ellesmere Port uh, Support Centre. Uh, um, who's been ch ch trying to get me to swim, <laughs> which is a big task. Um, and then we get to yesterday. Um, did you see the weather yesterday? <laughs> yesterday afternoon, I chickened out. It's like, this is not going to happen. Um, I'm not doing this. Uh, the, you know, the new wine is cancelled. The, the storm warnings. You know, Chester events have been cancelled over the place. D-mile swim. It's still on. Come and swim. You know. Um, so I chickened out, and then um, uh, Graham and Anna, who had come back from New Wine early, and I, I'd said, what about uh, the, the D-mile swim? Got a last-minute place. So uh, spurred on uh, with fellow swimmers to swim with. Uh, Tracy was swimming as well. I didn't know Tracy was swimming. Um, I, I, I put my resolve. So uh, apologies for the photograph, but this is me before the D-mile. ready to enter the race without a wetsuit and swim down uh, the river. Uh, this is me afterwards with Graham, just finished uh, very, very, very cold, uh, um, having succeeded uh, the D-mile. Um, I, I wasn't last. Um, one, of the, one of the good things is that um, because the D-mile is a very small race, in my age category of 40 to 50, I was third out of five. Um, That sounds great until you look into it and find that the, the number four and number five didn't turn up. <laughs> I was 237th out of 300 men, so I wasn't last. Uh, but I was the only person who wrote Christchurch as their team, and therefore I was first in the Christchurch team. <laughs> So I'm saying this psalm is like exercise, in a good way, <laughs> not in a scary freezing water way. Um, and so we're going to look at um, the sections of the psalm that bring us and orientate us to focus on God. So firstly, we're looking at praise, secondly at fear, and finally at hope. So firstly, praise, verses 1 to 5. I'll just read them to remind you. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him on the ten-string lyre. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. As with many songs, psalms of praise, it begins with uh, calling us to, pray, to make music, to sing songs of praise. And in doing so, in the act of singing, in participating in the songs of praise, we are being orientated, focused on God. Praise comes from the Latin word meaning value or price. So when we talk about praise to God and we are proclaiming his merit and his worth. 
Bible talks of his glory, his blessing, thanksgiving. The word hallelujah is used, which literally means praise the Lord in many psalms. At work, we have this thing called Made My Day. Um, where, uh, uh, because we all, we, we, we all operate in different buildings and sort of all a long way apart from each other, um, you can go on the, the, the internet if you work in somewhere which has internet, um, and you can fill in a little uh, form um, which uh, sends the person who you have nominated a certificate saying, made my day. <laughs> so Ralph Kemp nominated, uh, thank you, I sent one this, this week, Josh, for the new bins at the office. That's, the sort of, that's what makes my day, new bins. Uh, um, <laughs> nominated by Ralph Kemp, uh, made my day. And then it pops through with sort of graphics and certificate and things. And when you open the email, it sort of pops up as made my day. Um, you'd be amazed. I mean, I could send an email. I could just say thank you. Um, but but I, I, I was amazed to begin with what, what a reaction it gets from people about Made My Day. You know, I've been hugged by lawyers who've never, <laughs> never had anybody praise them ever before. You know, uh, um, and it just, just every time I've done it, I don't, don't want to overuse it, but every time, um, just a really positive reaction um, of, of just receiving the praise. And we, we go to Willow Creek uh, conferences as a as a, uh, a staff team once a year. Uh, and one year they had a pastor who had um, gold star Fridays um, when he came into the office. So Graham did it uh, a, a few months ago, gold star Fridays. Just a chance where he would praise his staff in a very America sort of way of gold star Fridays giving praise. Um, so I'm going to do gold star Sunday. So I think, Tracy, you deserve a gold star for actually stopping me drowning in the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in the triathlon swim. Uh, uh, there we go. Uh, and there we are. Toby's been the, the, the focus of a lot of abuse from me in various sermons illustrations over the years. So <laughs> have a gold star. Amy does a fantastic job in, in organizing the women's ministry and our, uh, our, our host teams and things. Uh, who else deserves it? Shona, you can have a dose side for being an amazing intern and preacher last week. There we go. Uh, 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 uh. Everybody deserves a gold star, really. I will, I will be at the back handing out gold stars later on. Uh, I'm going to give Andrew, our church warden, a gold star as well. There we are. <laughs> there we go. So, see me later, and you can have, all have a gold star. Uh, we did the communion at 9.30, so I've just let everybody got a gold star, whether they wanted one or not, during the peace uh, at 9.30. Gold star, gold star Sunday. Um, but seriously, praise is important. Um, Praise at work, praise is particularly important, I think, within church, saying thank you. And the act of praising somebody changes something in you, I think. Um, it gives me a good feeling, actually, when, to see somebody uh, reacting to, to actually, you know, knowing that they are valued. Um, and if you're receiving praise, you know, some of us are a bit British. Um, a, a, a wise friend of me, not too far away over there, was said to me, you know, receive the praise. You know, accept it. Uh, uh, don't, don't, you know, we're very British. Oh, it was nothing, it was nothing, it was nothing. No, actually, receive that, that praise that is, is said to you um, and let it build you up. Uh, and so this psalm opens by trying to exercise our muscles in praise. Uh, uh, sing, shout to the Lord, play your instruments skillfully, come in however you're feeling, whatever the day is, whatever's going on inside, focus on God with your praise and your flags. As Graham said, Ruth there, 
flying the flag as a very small child, fantastic, and other children. But, you know, let's all get flags out, you know what I mean? It's just allow ourselves to be reorientated, changed as we praise God. Secondly then, fear. This is verses uh, 6 to 17, so I won't read it all, but I'll read you some snippets. Verse 6. By the word of the Lord, heavens were made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. That's a bit strange, isn't it? We've just been shouting and praising to the Lord, and now, now, now we're supposed to be fearing the Lord. I think there's a difference between dread, fear, anxiety that we might feel, and what the Bible describes as God-fearing. The psalm talks about God gathering the waters of a sea into jars, putting them into storehouses. It talks about God's you know, ultimate power in the world, the word through which the world was created. Verses 10 to 17, a little bit further on. No king has, is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. God, despite what we might see, is powerful over the nations. There's a metaphor in there of God looking down from heaven that he knows. From heaven, the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place, he watches all who live. He who formed the hearts of all, who considers everything they do. I was at Thorpe Park um, a couple of weekends ago. Um, I hadn't been to, uh, I used to go to Alton Towers, but the last time I went was about 20 years ago, I should think. Um, this is my eldest nephew, Raffi. Um, roller coasters have got a lot scarier since I remember them. <laughs> this, is a, this is the roller coaster. If you just flick to the next side, you can see the, the car on it. I mean, it that, that's a, that, I mean, it's almost like a cartoon that this thing goes vertically upwards over the top and then vertically down. That's about sort of seven or eight stories high. You can see the scale of that, 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 that roller coaster uh, um, if you just flick back. Uh, um, and so we were, we were having a nice time, my brother and sister-in-law and my eldest nephew and younger nephew, and we, we were we were doing the, the nicer rides, um, and, and this is like the elephant in the room because it sort of stands out over the park, and, you know, and you just, just, you know, we're just sort of semi-ignoring it, really, um, until the moment where, you know, my eldest nephew, nephew Raffi, goes, um, so, can we do this one now? <laughs> and she's like, sister-in-law, I'm not doing it. Brother, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Youngest nephew, no, I'm not doing it. Uncle Ralph, yeah, okay, let's go on the very coaster. <laughs> the sense of <laughs> needing to be the sort of happening uncle that's sort of <laughs> brave and doing this sort of stuff. 
uh, does send me into some places. I end up at the top of the SS Great Britain's master once with him because it was just like, and I was scared of heights. Um, but we got in the queue and that sense of dread and fear and, you know, um, disappeared uh, as we, we'd done it once. We, it literally chucks you off. It tells you to put your head against the backrest. It took you about 100 miles, literally 100 miles an hour from nothing. So it sort of fires you uh, uh, and straight up vertically and then literally straight down, um, uh, uh, stomach in your mouth, uh, you know, <laughs> so we did it, we did it the first time, and then everybody else in the family decided that, okay, they'd have a go if I, I had survived, so then we did it the second time, and then, then we did it a, a third time before we went home, and it was all fine by then, although, you know, it, it is still really a significant thing to, to, uh, to, to experience, let's put it that way. But there's a difference, I think, between the fear of waiting in the queue for the roller coaster and from God fearing. The Bible talks about the fear of God as our almost natural response to the presence of God. When we experience the reality of his holiness. We see in the Old Testament that people fear God um, as, as they experience God with Moses in, in the cloud and the, and the lightning. Fear of God uh, is not dread um, or fear of punishment. Fear of God is an expression of our understanding of his awesomeness. That's a word that's terribly used awfully at the moment, you know, it's just like everything's awesome, you know, I think I blame the Lego movie and the soundtrack that's still going on, you know, in, in your head when you say it, but, but no, not everything is awesome, God is awesome. In the uh, early church in Acts 9:31, we're told the church lived um, in the fear of the Lord, they literally stand in awe and fear of the presence of the Lord as they experience his holiness. I think sometimes we need that to hear that correction in our understanding that we have relationship with the awesome, all-powerful creator. We need the perspective of God as we approach him in praise we need to understand who we have a relationship with and the privilege it is to be able to call God our father thirdly and finally then hope verses 18 to 22 but the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him on those who hope it is in his unfailing live, love to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. God alone is the ultimate source of our hope. 2 Corinthians verse 
chapter 1 says, God who raises the dead, on whom we have set our hope. Hebrews calls it, hope is the anchor of the soul, firm and secure. I was trying to think of somewhere where I'd gone from a lack of hope to, to, to full hope. Um, uh, as many of you know from the, our, our discussions, we're doing this, this project, which you know, may take years, <laughs> which Simon's very involved in fundraising us for, uh, of, of Renewed Space 3. Um, and there are going to be various hurdles in order to actually get to a point where we might actually you know, refurbish this building and provide the facilities that we need. Um, and one of the hurdles that I wasn't expecting but came across quite early on when we started the project was that we don't actually have the rights to the land around us. Um, so so it, this, in the 1970, 1971, there is a, this, is a, this is a lease uh, which is, it sends for you know, the next 999 years the land around us into the control of the council. So we don't actually have the right. So we're setting off on the project and we're trying to write to all these grandbodies and say, probably for two years, I should think. Uh, um, uh, so it, basically the lease is made uh, in 1971, um, and it, it, it basically that's when um, what were sort of standing gravestones were, were taken and made into a path on this side of the church, and it became public open space. It no longer became under the control of the church. Um, so I needed to, to break that lease to give us control of the land again to show to everybody we were trying to persuade to give us money to build something that we at least had the land to build it on. Um, and I, I, over two years, I, I, I confess I, I have lost hope. <laughs> Um, uh, the idea of the lease was that the, the council came and did all the maintenance around at the church, um, which they've never, well, I think in living memory they used to cut the grass, but, the, but that's about all they've done, basically. Um, so I thought, I'd like them to do the backlog of maintenance as well as we break this lease. So I was asking for quite a lot. I was asking them to totally relay all of our, our sandstone path out there and some other stuff and to raise it so it's flat with the front door. Um, and so I was, you know, I was asking for quite a lot. Uh, but I was, I was relieving them from, you know, 900 and whatever, 80-something years worth of future maintenance now that I'd woken up and realized it was their authority. Um, so I, it basically, you know, about every three months I'd send another email um, that would disappear or be sent back with a holding email or it's like for, for two years um, until um, just before the election. I think t things tend to get done just before elections uh, in councils. Um, I, I sent quite a strong email, which is a bit hit or miss. You know, that could have shut the door forever or it could have actually forced them into action. And then last week, uh, I just got an email for the post saying, yes, uh, your project is accepted. Um, could you meet the contractor on Tuesday? Um, we will be happy to go ahead with this at a date that's convenient to yourself. <laughs> so they are going to relay the path. <laughs> and they're going to make it flat with the door. And they're going to pay for any maintenance around it and sort out some trees and stuff for us. Uh, and they're going to do it in between the weddings in October and November. Uh, so that, uh, and, and not in September, should they? <laughs> so, uh, so, yes. So uh, it's just like hope is restored and uh, uh, that of many hurdles to come uh, is a hurdle that we, we look like we've, we've, we've achieved for the, for the, for the church. But the hope from the Bible is not necessarily about whether I'm feeling hopeful or not. Um, 
Hope is founded in the Bible on God through what Christ has done. So in the New Testament, um, it talks about um, hope rising out of Jesus' resurrection uh, as he has defeated the power of sin and death. 1 Peter 1.3 By his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So Jesus' resurrection uh, is the, the evidence, the hope, the, 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 the pointing forwards to our resurrection in a new heaven and a new earth in the future. And secondly, we have hope because we have the evidence now of the Spirit with us. We have hope in God's presence now in this period because of the Spirit. Romans 8.16, the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So hope is not about crossed fingers or lucky days or feeling that it's okay. Hope is about God centering in us a deep expectation in the words of a psalm that we can be shielded from what the world throws at us through our all-powerful creator God. And hope in God's promises for his return to us. We wait in hope for the Lord, that he is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his, unholy, in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. So in conclusion then, that is your exercise psalm. The psalm that through reading it, through singing it, changes us and reorientates us to God. That as we bash on our musician, uh, not bash, sorry, play skillfully our music, our instruments. <laughs> and, <laughs> it's a frown from a drummer, and I mentioned the word bash. <laughs> um, very pro drums, yes. Uh, um, <laughs> sing and let ourselves go in praise and worship. However, we're feeling when we start that God transforms us and brings us to a point of praising Him. To understanding truly who our God is as the awesome creator of the world in holiness. And to understand that knowing that awesome God, we can allow our hope to grow in him and in his promises. Uh, Graham, as he does, uh, suggested a a small challenge to me. Um, other than swimming the DMAR. Um, <laughs> um, uh, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and put into practice very badly if the 9.30's got anything to go by. Um, uh, what I'm asking you to do, really, which is abandon yourself in worship, to play music, to shout aloud, to, 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 to experience the praise of God. Um, and I'm going to try and play the piano, which... Um, <laughs> You'll understand why I don't do it publicly. (laughs) I also need the glasses.
So grab your flags, <laughs> shout aloud to the Lord, and understand and rely on the hope that is our resurrected life with our Father in heaven to come. Thank you.